Right. Well, my name is Jessica, and I'm, can you hear me without the microphone? Yeah? yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well. Okay. Coolio. That makes it a little bit less intimidating. All right, and I am a huge geek, and I really, really love sharing my passion. By trade, I'm an industrial designer, and uh, I put myself a little bit through school as a bartender. By passion, I am a yoga teacher, and so when I put myself through school, I was having people pay to uh, have some uh, drinks, and this is the best way to find happiness and bliss, and it's free, and it's called breathing and mindfulness movement practices. So I am going to spend my time today um, teaching you how to use inspirational tools of uh, breathe, stretch, and play to uh, offer children and adults of all ages how to find balance from the inside out. The most interesting thing when I was talking with Brooke about what we were going to be presenting tonight is that half of it would be for you and half of it would be what you would be presenting to the children. But what I kind of did, I went rogue, and uh, I am going to incorporate all of it together because I believe that uh, kids are big souls in small bodies, and um, adults are just big kids in big bodies who repress their emotions, and um, it's almost like a cartoon that when we get really, really upset, we can see the steam come out of our ears, right? So I'm gonna be incorporating all of these really fun tools to be doing uh, to teach all of you to find balance from the inside out. In um, 2001, I created this really fun program called The Adventures of Super Stretch. And it's become a, a global phenomenon, and hopefully you all have phones and you all have downloaded the app, but if not, you can use the app that I have called Super Stretch Yoga. It's free, and you can use it on your smart boards, you can use it with iPads, you can use it uh, just to have in your time-in corners in your rooms when you uh, have or need to have bre breaks with the children. Um, when I created this program in 2001, I really wanted to share my passion with institutions and health programs and parents and especially children uh, to find the power of breath and movement to create ease in their life and positive coping skills. I uh, created this packet that you all received right here, and it's on your uh, desk. We're not going to be, per se, going through each page, but I wanted you to have a condensed version of my teacher training manual that I use with people. So it's chock full of information, and you'll be able to take it home and read it uh, when you want to. We'll be working off of the PowerPoints and we will be working um, and uh, creating some space in our body and mind uh, from these templates. So the first thing that I would love to do is to teach you a really fun chair yoga movement before we go any further to kind of center <laughs> ourselves and relax. And we're all in chairs. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. We don't have a formal break schedule. Yes. So people need to take care of themselves. 
But one of the biggest things and one of the challenges is that um, there's an underlying disharmony and imbalance, and that's where out of balance comes from in our lives, our bodies, and our minds. And we can get really stuck in a routine or a rut, and we can also uh, kind of feel ourselves slumping or getting compressed or holding in. And what I want to teach you is how to take a mindful moment because it's such an important punctuation mark in our day, and it's such an important way to break out from this underlying disharmony and imbalance in our lives. We're so kind of distressed, right? And we're so anxious that what's happening is it's starting to manifest itself in the children that we work with, correct? Correct. Yeah. And um, when we run around like crazy, we hold our breath, and we can get overwhelmed, and our thoughts can get racy. And this can lead to a negativity and feeling small, and it can really, really affect uh, ourselves to burn out and get super exhausted. And so when I had you kind of look at how your friends were sitting, the reason is, is because I want to teach you how to really create this wholeness in your body tonight as we work together. So the first thing is to really see as you're on the ground, maybe your legs were crossed. And that's kind of what I think about when we have to go to the bathroom and we're crossing our legs because we're holding everything in. Crossing our legs a lot of times can uh, block off the flow of energy in your being and it can actually um, make you constipated in your body, in your mind. Sorry. So let's uncross our legs. <laughs> and then start to notice how your hips might be out of whack. And most of us are walking around out of alignment and imbalanced, and we have something called hip height. So take your booty, which is your tushy or your bum, whatever you like to call it, and scoot it back. Just by doing that, you can start to notice the structure of your spine becoming a little bit more elongated. Now wiggle your toes and your shoes. Wiggle, jiggle, jiggle. They like to move. And then click your heels to the ground. I wore my pants today. All right, now relax your feet and feel the tingling in the soles of your feet. And start 
start to really sense the steadiness in your legs. Now you can do this with an adult who you're having conflict with. You can do this with yourself. You can do this with children. But to notice the alignment is so important. And then lean back. And as you lean back in the chair, what you'll kind of sense is that the chair has your back. In Eastern cultures, the word heart and mind are very similar. And what we're really trying to do is to get to the heart of the matter and live wholeheartedly. So feel as you lean back that someone has your back. We have a front heart and we have a back heart. So feel your back supported and feel your body relaxing. And as you do this, start to notice your shoulders. Observing your shoulders, maybe they were eating your ears when you got here as you were eating your crunch and munch or whatever's in the jars. And notice how you're literally allowing the weight of the world to roll off your shoulders. And there might be more space between your ears and your shoulders. Awesome. Let's take in real subtly, and this is gonna feel very silly, but you'll learn more about this when we um, are going to go into the breathing part. Let's take and relax our tongue and just literally go, ah. So I lived in New York for a long time, and Brooke has heard me say lots of weird things. But I talk pretty fast, but I also am pretty vocal. And what's interesting is Minnesotans are very nice. So when you say, ah, really say it like you mean it, like, ah. vocalize but when you vocalize and we'll talk about this in our uh, in the context of um, the breath practices when you vocalize it literally calms down the parasympathetic nervous system it literally allows you to release the tension in your jaw which in turn releases the tension in your shoulders now as we sit here and we go deeper into our chair practice begin to take and i'm going to be your mirror and reach your right arm up high and then wave as you rotate your wrist now you're opening up lines of communication along your arm and the valves and the pathways of the blood on your exhale touch the top of your head Good, inhale, bring your right elbow up and over, and oh, you've created space for your lungs. The left side body starts to open up, and you're creating space in your intercostal muscles, so you can take a deeper breath. Begin to use an exhale to come on back up, so you come from your center, and release the right arm down, and feel the blood rushing to the fingertips or you might have hit your friend. <laughs> Let's switch, reach your left arm up. Rotate your wrist a little bit. Rotate the other way. Anybody hear the, the crackling? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why we're Minnesotans, a snap, crackle, pop came from this. <laughs> That's how they named their product for Kellogg's. Take the top of your hand to your head and reach your left elbow up high and stretch the left side of your body. 
really notice because we are imbalanced, and the biggest part of what I want to teach you tonight is coming into alignment and finding balance, how one side might be different than the other. We observe with no judgment. Just inhale and exhale. Oh, and you yawn. That's good. No, that's a good. Come on back up. We need the yawn. We need to relax. And release the hand up. And shake it out. Gorgeous. We also have this mood lighting, so it's making us very tired. Well, we'll make, we'll make noises. With your next exhale, let's take and bring both hands onto your legs. And with your inhale, shrug your shoulders up, back, and down. Exhaling everything out. Oh, hello. <laughs> with your next inhale, let's take and reach the right hand forward. And with your exhale, like you're opening up a door, take the right hand all the way to the right and twist, twist, twist. <laughs> and if you can, take the left hand outside of your right leg and you can go a little bit deeper. You're literally rinsing out your body as, and when we go into this section, you will learn how this helps to release anxiety. I heard a Come on back to center and release your hand. Take your uh, right hand outside of the left leg, left hand reaches forward, and then open up the doors. And I am... Uh, I'm a half a century, so my door goes <laughs> twist, twist, twist. Keep that really nice breath you've created. And then let's come on back to center. Exhaling the hands onto the legs. Another really simple, easy proprioceptic practice or to feel safe in space practice for people is to literally pat their legs. like a victory clap, right? <laughs> awesome. All right, we'll do one more thing together. It's called a balloon breath. And with your next inhale, bring your hands in front of your chest. As your hands come in front of your chest, feel your spine nice and long. And with your next inhale, reach your arms up wide and high, inhaling up. And with your next exhale, bring your hands in front of your chest, interlace your fingers, reach your palms forward, get a good stretch. Inhale, come on back up. Exhale, hands make their way back to the front. Did no one want to sit with you? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I like, I like you. Interlace your fingers and reach your hands forward. Inhale, go up. And now we're going to accentuate what we did before, stretch to the right. Mm, root your tushy down like you're planting uh, seeds into the ground. And then come on back and stretch to the other. Awesome. Come on back. And with your next exhale, like little drops of rain or snow, wiggle your fingers and let the hands come down to the sides. Feel the breath, reach down into your fingertips and really start to observe your body and your mind connection. And maybe you're less distracted, maybe you're less distant than you were before you came here. 
And as you keep up this really good breath, start to close your eyes. And what we're going to do here is we're going to do a little pulse breathing. With your inhale and your exhale, start to notice the rhythm of your heartbeat. Start to observe. You've left the burnout. You've left the circumstances of your day. And you're starting to respond wisely to this moment. We have a choice to be free, whole, calm, and connected. Feel this positive prescription, this purposeful pause, as you sink deeper into the moment. Every mindful moment teaches you how to create intimacy with the actuality of your life as it is. You are literally teaching yourself how to breathe again. And it is a moment-to-moment -moment awareness practice. It is an act of love and kindness. Challenges won't disappear, but you are able to create a positive and free solution right underneath your nose. Inhale and exhale and feel yourself settle in to your superpower. Feel yourself settle in to the superhero that you are. And all you're doing is tapping into your life force. Feel that powerful energy. And then slowly and mindfully bring your hands in front of your heart. Rub your palms together as fast, as fast, as fast as you can. Take the warmth of your hands over your closed eyes or your glasses. And then begin to release your hands and open your eyes to a whole new moment and a whole new perspective. Uh, in the handout of the mindful moments that I gave to you, happiness is what you, when you think and what you say and what you do are in harmony. And that's like the first line of it. But what we're really trying to do is that we don't find a happy life. We literally have to create it. And in our time together, hopefully, I will help you to really create a really positive, impactful way to have um, daily habits and tools to be a catalyst for change in your experiences. The positive ways that you learn how to create calm in the monkey mind is through breath and movement. So when I was younger, a teenager, I found a book in a bookstore and um, I, you can tell wear glasses, and I'm a huge geek. 
and I just fell in love with the philosophy of yoga. The interesting thing about yoga and yoga sutras and the person who created the kind of outline of where yoga comes from is their name is translated as falling down from heaven. And to me, uh, it means consciousness coming into you. And when you were doing that kind of centering pulse experience, did you feel yourself going and amping down the noise? Oh yeah, hi super stretch. That's the sound of my app, someone just downloaded it. (laughs) The epitome of multitasking, yeah. Um, By definition, yoga itself means to unify and to make whole. So it's all about harmony and balance. And when Patanjali is teaching all of these things about consciousness coming into you, what the, I believe the philosophy is actually teaching is it's teaching you effortless effort how to get rid of pain and suffering and find harmony in your lives. And then in turn will make you be really happy and healthy. The challenge is, is that we have all these things that we and kids are suffering from today. One in three children will meet criteria for an anxiety disorder in their lifetime. Uh, ADHD affects eight to 10% of children. There's just, we don't get enough sleep. There's just so many things, right, that are happening in our lives that we can really start to be affected from. But because I'm a product designer by trade and a yogi from lifestyle, I really believe that this philosophy is teaching our amazing human machine to find center. This practice of yoga literally teaches us and has so many benefits because it helps all the cells in our body to calm down. Did you know we have more cells in our body than stars in the sky? And all of our cells work together collaboratively But if there's a disconnect, it just doesn't work. How many of you have ever had a malt milk or a milkshake or, you know, whatever we call it in Minnesota? You know, one of those yummy drinks made out of ice cream, right? And say you have something in it and you're sipping up through a straw and the chunk gets stuck and you're like, and you make that funny face and you just can't get it up the tube. Well, that's what happens when our cells aren't properly working together. We aren't well. We are literally disconnected and we get dis-ease because of it. And literally, when we are offering these self-regulating tools to combat stress and anxiety, we're teaching ourselves um, all of these resiliency tips and coping skills so that we can thrive so that we can become interconnected. How many of you smiled at someone today? Gosh, I hope so, right? Yeah. <laughs> not, not driving on the road, flipping people off. But um, if you smile, that is actually a yogic move because not only does it train your um, uh, uh, um, PNS, your... Um, I'm getting old, so I'm like forgetting things. Um, Not only does it help your parasympathetic nervous system to calm down, 
but it also is the first sign of empathy to someone, which in turn allows them not to be so disconnected or discombobulated or disgruntled, right? When you smile at someone, it actually has something called a mirror neuron. Have you heard that? Yeah, mirror neurons are awesome. I'm probably preaching to the choir and you've heard all of this stuff before, but it's a good refresher, right? So Super Stretch and all the team um, on Super Stretch land, we live at a 247 Mindful Pathway and Clarity Circle. And all of these adventures have so many benefits. One of my favorite, favorite quotes from Thomas Edison is that the doctor of the future will give no medicine, but will interest his patient or her patient in the care of the human frame and diet in the cause and prevention of disease. Breathing literally can heal your body-mind connection, and it'll make every drink that you have or everything that you sip up through the straw really open and aware because conscious active breaths increase the capacity of the body-mind to handle things that are demanding or upsetting in our lives, and it helps us to create an equilibrium or a balance, which in turn helps us to have well-being. So I put a bunch of things here that help with what mindfulness, yoga, and meditation practices uh, help you with. Um, As you can tell, it's not boosting my working memory, but... But um, it's supposed to boost your working memory, reduces emotional reactivity. It's great for children because it really helps with community and collaboration. It's great character education. Um, The life lessons and the skills that you learn uh, not only help you to be optimistic because it's positive psychology, but these life lessons help you to relate to others in a good way. One of the first principles and the first precepts of the practice of the philosophy of yoga, they teach you to do no harm. So in thought, in speech, and in action, you are to do no harm, not only to your uh, others, but most importantly, to yourself. And I think that's really hard because how many of us said something negative to ourselves today? How many of us got frustrated or upset with an experience or like feeling like you didn't do something the way that you should have. All those shoulda, coulda, wouldas kind of go away when you practice and become more proactive versus reactive in your experiences in life. One thing that's really interesting, which is on page two of your handout, but you don't have to turn there because there's lots of information that I'm throwing at you, is all of these benefits are really transformational and um, help you to self-regulate. Just like that pulse practice that we did, we're really teaching us how to ground down into our true nature and cultivate mindfulness in every moment. Yoga fitness is a great, great way to um, exercise and to balance your body, your brain, and your heart. And you can see right here that healing occurs when we are more aware. And we wanna manage our stress and the challenges in our life with positive coping strategies, which will in turn help us to be joyful versus joyless. So I would love to start off today 
to work on um, a pose called penguin pose. And it's a really awesome pose, so we're all going to stand up. Because we are all bombarded by so many things all day, and we sometimes have these like worry, exhaustion, or disconnected feelings, it literally can kind of spiral us into a little black hole of depression. Not only that, but we can get so affected by technology, and we now see over seven screens a day. How many people are wearing iPhones, watches? or those other Fitbit things and get beeped or buzzed or, yeah. And we've already heard like people's phones go off, but we're constantly being buzzed or we're constantly seeing screens, even in cars. So this is a great thing that I like to do with children because it allows you to see that you are not your own adversary and you don't have to get stuck in these ruminating thoughts. And you literally allow yourself to step back into your truth and rise up to your best self. I like all kinds of these positive, flowery words. Can you tell? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they help. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so we are going to take our hands and we are going to place them by our sides. And same thing as when we were sitting in front of the, in our chairs, really notice your structure. Shrug your right shoulder back. Shrug your left shoulder back. Tap your fists like this, and then go like this. This is great. I can make you do anything. <laughs> yeah, you, can. you can do the hand jump. No, okay, that was a joke. That was not okay, so your shoulders are shrugged back, and they're fitting in your back pockets. Now take your palms and begin to press them back. Up. Not only do we all look really funny, but what do you feel in your body? Uh, blah blah. That's all I heard. <coughs> what? A big stretch. A big stretch in your chest. Okay, so you're allowing your breathing buttons, your collarbones, to lift up. You're allowing your sternum, right, where your life force is being protected, your super emblem, right? That's why it's triangular, to like open up. What else do you notice? Anybody notice their tummy getting stronger? No. <laughs> okay, this is making my tummy stronger. I feel I'm moving from my tummy. Okay, so you should be moving from your tummy. If not, shine your headlights higher, and guys have headlights too. <laughs> and then the other thing is, is to notice how, what do you feel in, now relax your arms. First thing I like to do is this, because I'm on the computer too much, right? right? But what do you notice when when you were doing this versus standing right here? Standing straighter. You're standing straighter. That's awesome, right? Because it's the same thing as I was talking about when we we're sitting in a chair and leaning back. You have that support. If anybody's ever done acupuncture, that we have a front heart, but the acupuncturists always say we have a back heart. And what you're doing is you're literally allowing your back to start to open up and become active. And when we get into the breath thing, I'll probably reiterate this, but two-thirds of our lungs are in our back. So we're activating the wholeness of our being. 
Another thing that we're doing when we push our hands back like that is we're literally, when we walk out the front door, we don't turn around and say, how does my back look, right? But what you're actually doing is you're looking at your back and you're acknowledging that space behind you. So you're letting go of the negativity and the judgment and you're um, literally, you're stepping back into your truth when you do something like that. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Since we're here, let's talk about our breathing buttons. So I have a bony body. It's, I'm inherently lazy. This is all genetic. Yes? Just want to make that very clear. Yoga does not give you the hero physique. Yeah. So place your fingers to your collarbones. Yeah? Awesome. You feel your collarbones? Okay. Now, this is when sometimes when you teach this to kids, they choke themselves. So I don't know how to communicate this very well. So you'll figure out how to communicate this to people. But take your thumb and your index finger and touch the breathing button. All right. Then take the other hand to your tummy. And then, like, this is when you're in the kindergarten class and they're like, oh. <laughs> okay. And then I try to explain how to not do that. So here we are, we have our breathing buttons, and we have our hand on our tummy. We're gonna do a three-part breath, which by definition, the Sanskrit word of this breathing, and Sanskrit is an ancient language that was a pre-romantic language, but the word Sanskrit means to polish. So it's a beautiful concept, because when you say the words, you're polishing your and, um, neurological pathways. But, we are going to do the Durga breath, which means integral. So it's integral, integrating three different parts, your belly, lungs, ribs, ribs, lungs, and belly. Awesome. So as you stand right here and your feet are running parallel with themselves, each other, uh, notice your pelvic bowl and really feel like it's a bowl. If you're leaning too far forward, which I see a lot of people who wear heels do that, or like girls in high school, okay. Um, so it means you're dumping out all your energy and you're letting everything go. If you have friends who stand like this, right? Do you know anybody who does this? Okay, it's called constipation mentally, right? They are literally like, uh, really not in a good mood, okay? So what we want to do is think about the pelvic bowl being like a bowl. You don't want to be out of whack, right? We want to be in alignment. So feel almost as if there's a ball bearing between the two places you let go of things. And then you can balance that little ball bearing in the pelvic bowl and we'll do a three-part breath. Inhaling and exhaling slowly. Let's just take a comfortable breath in, and then exhale every little last bit of air out. Inhale, belly, lungs, ribs to the breathing buttons, and exhale, ribs, lungs, and belly. Inhaling, belly, lungs, ribs. Exhale, ribs, lungs, and belly. Let's try that one more time. Inhale, belly, lungs, 
ribs, exhaling, ribs, lungs, and belly. Awesome. And then you can slowly release your hands and sit back down. With little kids, if they're having a super duper hard time doing that breathing exercise, what I have them do is I have them place a book on their tummy, and we did, we did hands, right? But if you put a book on your tummy and do that, you'll really start to notice the movement of the belly helps you to calm down and center, right? In, um, uh, I don't know if I offended anybody when I swore, so I don't know if this is a swear word, but I'm kind of a <laughs> I don't know if that's offensive or not, but um, I have uh, I have kind of um, studied all kinds of different philosophies and stuff like that, and so this is not a yogic principle. It's actually like a, a more of an Eastern philosophy principle, though. Well, uh, right, three fingers below our belly button is called a seed center or a dantian, and that seed center is the center of our body. So when we're teaching kids about alignment, when we're teaching adults about alignment, our hands and our feet, our top of our head, these are all just like these beautiful parts of our being, but this isn't the top and this isn't the bottom because it could be flipped, right? So then my feet would be the top and my head would be the bottom. So what we're trying to teach through breathing practices and centering practices and breathe, stretch, play, and to have a balanced life is that your center of your being is right here. And that's where all of your power comes from, which is super duper cool, which leads me to the next thing that I'm going to flip the thing with. All right. Um, when people practice yoga, they are practicing um, um, health and healing. But what's so interesting is that ancient yogis didn't really know what the nervous system was, right? They started the practice of yoga over 5,000 years plus ago. We don't really know who particularly created this ancient philosophy or how it kind of unfolded, but it was really showing patterns in the body. And if we do specific movements, these patterns will help us to come into balance if we can create a more integrated, whole, harmonious person. So um, our, right here you see this awesome picture uh, talking about alignment and the central nervous system. Our spine is literally the superhighway of our human machine that leads to our brain. And according to ancient philosophies and even according to our now modern day science, what we're learning is there's a ganglion of nerves at the base of our, uh, below our belly button, and it runs all the way up to our brain. And literally, our brain starts right here. So if you have a little kiddo and they say, my tummy hurts because they're really upset and frustrated and that's how they're manifesting their pain and their ickiness. I have boyfriends who do that too. Um, and then what happens is, is that that's how they are kind of relating to things. That's how they're communicating. 
But our central nervous system is really, really, really magical. And uh, really um, part of that breathing exercise that we just did, I really want you to think about most people only breathe about 30 to 40% of their breathing capacity. <coughs> what? That's crazy. How many of you get really frustrated or really nervous or really wound up about something and your chest starts to burn? Come on. We're honest. Yes. Right? So what happens in that scenario is that you're not breathing deep enough and you're not really grounded or centered in your truth and you're not allowing yourself to work from your midline. So when we're really focusing on breathing, and this is not like hard, it's kind of hard to see, but ancient yogis talked about something called, um, it is pronounced differently, but it was Hermes staff, right? You know the Greek god Hermes, that staff? It's, called, it's also a symbol that we see often. It's a doctor symbol. It's called a caduceus or a catechus, or I'm, don't, I'm not a linguist. So what's interesting about that is that that's what yogis believed was our central channel to freedom. If we could breathe from here and then the energies float up through the breath, we get into that ball of the doctor symbol, and that literally was the brain. And we have two hemispheres of the brain, and I'm going to show you a really cool thing about the brain in a second, but the two hemispheres of the brain are very not integrated. That was not a good structure of a sentence. But they are not whole, right? We are left brain and we are right brain. And what we want to be is we want to be working from the whole brain. And so the wings of the top of the caduceus or the doctor symbol is actually where Red Bull got its logo from or its uh, tagline, right? They say Red Bull gives you wings, right? So they're telling people like if you drink this thing, you're going to find freedom, and you're going to feel really good, and you're going to be buzzed and alert and all that stuff. But what I want to say as a person who was a bartender and a person who pours oxygen cocktails for a living, you can find an amazing amount of freedom uh, through breath, and you can really be integrated in your right and left hemispheres of your brain. Yeah? So I'm going to teach you a really, before we go deeper into alignment and brain stuff, I'm going to teach you a little bit of a fun trick, which is called dolphin breath, which I use with children a lot. It's a really <coughs> mindful way to work with energy that doesn't exacerbate their central nervous system or um, make them uh, have uh, adverse effects on it. Um, how many people have ever practiced alternate nostril breathing? That's awesome. Two. Yay. Okay. Okay. So alternate nostril breathing is awesome. It's really kind of confusing. And what we want to do is make it fun and playful. So we are like dolphins with blowholes, letting off the steam and breathing in. Open your arms up wide. Be careful of your neighbors, please. <laughs> Take and make your hands into only the pointer fingers out and the rest of the fingers are tucked into the palm. All right, another 
thing that I say to kids when I say to them, put your finger on your nose, they stick their finger up their nose. <laughs> so please touch the outside flap of the, um, yeah, I'm going to start, um, uh, cover, cover up your right. Okay. Okay. Follow the leader so I can mirror you. Okay, so you are now covering up the right nostril. Okay, exhale all the air out the left nostril. This is not why you have Kleenexes. Plug, inhale through that nostril, plug it up, exhale through the right. Inhale through the right. Plug it up, <laughs> exhale through the left. Inhale through the left. I like the giggle pusses up here. And exhale, that's okay, it's all good. That's what life is supposed to be about. And then come on back up. Plug it and release. Inhale, come on back. Plug it, exhale through the right. Inhale through the right, plug it, exhale through the left. Inhale through the left, plug it, exhale through the right. Okay, so let's release. And other than making us feel really giggly, by doing alternate nostril breathing, what you're doing is you're integrating the two parts or hemispheres of the brain. You're literally doing what our central nervous system is supposed to be doing, be really an open conduit that integrates everything and makes us whole. But every 90 to, uh, 90 to 120 minutes, our breathing switches channels. So who had a, a plugged up nose? On one side, right? Yes. Fascinating, right? The whole reason I'm here to teach you to breathe, stretch, and play is that balance is a superpower. If we're only breathing through one nostril, um, and I want to make sure I get this right, but um, your right nostril goes to your left hemisphere of your brain. Your left nostril goes to your right hemisphere of your brain. So what happens is, do you ever have that child who's really woo and like looking out the window and kind of like on their own little planet, right? Okay, so really awesome, but they're in their right hemisphere. So if they need to do a test, they might not be really focused to get this job done, right? Or if they need to be productive and actually execute something with as a team, they might not be present because they're in their creative brain, okay? And if the other nostril is open, so the right goes to the left, then that means that they might be really into their analytical phase. They might be in that space where you are like ruminating on something or getting like 80 OCD or like kind of like, ooh, ooh, right? Like, you know, math people are really kind of like that. Does that make sense? So we're really trying to integrate so that we can be creative yet analytical at the same time. So then we can pro solve problems, but work more from the prefrontal cortex. Is this interesting? Are you all okay? Okay, cool. All right, so we're trying to find this optimal alignment in our spine so that we can really feel like we are here. 
And in turn, that's the alchemy of the practice, is we're really teaching ourselves the power of stillness, where we're able to flow um, through all of life's challenges, and we're, allow, and we're allowing ourselves to really um, draw to center. Uh, let's see, let's go a little bit deeper into the brain. Whoops, okay. So I always like to hand out really fun, this is more for teenagers, obviously not for younger kids, but the brain is really fascinating. And we're breathing our nervous system into balance to literally reboot our superhuman machine. As our body finds this incredible centering space, um, did you know that um, brainwave frequencies slow down when we breathe deeply? And it's almost like putting ourselves into an REM sleep. The brain waves slow down so that we can really light up the prefrontal cortex. And these pictures are fairly small, but the prefrontal cortex is where we want to be. Um, I'm gonna, uh, yoga is this sensory integration practice that balances the hemispheres of the brain. So the amygdala is more of like a hot zone. Have you heard that before? Right? So if the amygdala is a hot zone, the prefrontal cortex is the cool zone where you think and store memories and it's judgment and clear thinking. That's kind of the CEO of the body. But if we're too right brain or too left brain and we haven't practiced breathing ourselves into balance, what happens is, is that um, we're not able to work from this higher place of consciousness. Uh, and so have you done this before? Make your hand into a fist? Yeah. You're smiling. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a great room. Right? This is a good reminder of this is here below your belly button, and this is your brain. And if you flip your lid, ah, then you're more in that fight or flight or the cortisol production phase where you're in your amygdala. And what we want to do is not flip our brains or let our hair on fire, but be from that prefrontal cortex part. Does that make sense? Yeah. I like that little thing. And, and it's really, really great because I try to teach the kids about the brain. And then when they have that awareness, then they really feel how their body is a, a, a superhuman machine and how the thing that powers them, that plugs them in, like all of their electronics, is the breath. And that's what helps them during trauma and challenging times. When we get a little bit deeper into this body-brain connection, and in your handout, just a segue, I also put in interesting things called like um, yoga mudras. Has anybody ever done any mudra practice? Mudras last in your body, these are fascinating, um, for six hours. A physical practice lasts in your energetic pathways and your neurological system for 24 hours. So as anybody who has practiced yoga or done any like breathing exercises or meditation and they feel quote unquote in the zone or blissed out, it's because it really is a powerful thing that can change um, um, your being. And like Super Stretch says, and it's running off, off the thing, um, uh, take a breath, calm your mind, and build positive energy to last you for the rest of the day. In that handout, it also talks about brain gym, 
functional medicine, me moves, if you've heard of any of those things, but you can Google them on our famous Google. But I would love to try one of my favorite things to do with kids and adults to see if we are integrated in our right and left hemispheres of the brain. Take your right hand and place it up and over the left. Flip your palms so your thumbs point down. Have you done this one too? Probably. This is like my friend. Interlace your fingers. I don't want to sound like a broken record. And then bend your elbows out and reach your hands through. Good. All right, everybody's okay? If, if it doesn't happen, that's okay. You're still going to be blissed out. You're still going to have a happy life. Okay? Without looking, take and reach your middle fingers up. <laughs> and then lower them down. Anybody having a hard time? Yeah, take and bring the pinky fingers up. And lower them down. Take and bring just the index fingers up. Okay? Now take your index finger to your nose and without doing anything, unwind your hand. I love watching your expressions. I don't know you looking funny. <laughs> Okay, not only is it hard after a while, especially if we don't do these brain gym exercises, not only is it hard not to look down and lift up because you just cross your wiring by doing that. So it's great things to teach the kids. Uh, another one that's really awesome that will be in our super move section is uh, uh, if everybody wants to stand up. Okay, so sometimes when we are not integrated, one of my favorite things to do, and a lot of therapists or the people like Laura would say if she was here uh, uh, at Relate, is uh, they'll have, tell kids who are really suffering from stress and anxiety to go running or swimming. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. And this is the same kind of thing, but you do it in your um, classroom. And what I like to do is uh, um, a lot of times I work with hula hoops with kids because it really helps with right and left, and it gives them a sense of uh, space. Um, but let's just use our hands tonight. And we're going to take, and I'm going to mirror what you're doing. So take your right hand and touch your left knee. You've done this twice. No, I just want okay, to I love cross body stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, right? Okay, take your left hand, touch your right knee. All right, now keep doing it with the breath. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. Do you feel like Jane Fonda? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Some of these people aren't old. I know. Before Jamie Lee Curtis was in all those Friday the 13th movies, she did a, this like thing about fitness. Your mom did you party?
friends, it's probably you don't see your friends often because I heard you only meet three times a year, so thank you for putting up with me if you only meet three times a year. But um, what's interesting is that if you do this with the breath, it's much more magical. But what happens, same thing as when I teach kids and we do silent ball where we play catch but we can't talk, what happens is we anticipate, right? Or we're like thinking. And then we aren't actually just in the idea of doing nothing, so we hold our breath, which is the exact opposite of what we're trying to do with this particular exercise uh, or yoga movement, right? So let's try again to, uh, and don't close your eyes because that makes, can give you vertigo, but just try and in inhale and reach everything up, exhale, clap, inhale, Exhale, inhale, exhale. It's like the turtle, slow and steady wins the race. And in breathing philosophy, inhales are like springtime and the exhales are the letting go process and the releasing. So it's really important that we give space to the exhales. Awesome. And then you can slowly sit down. up here to talk about the body-brain connection and these will be on page three of your handout so you don't have to worry about it but in the neuroplasticity because the muscles are driven by the brain and the brain is driven by the muscles the more we move the more brain cells we build and do and, and regenerate they used to think that like you can't teach old dogs new tricks right you've heard that little saying well there's an amazing, amazing um, doctor in Madison, Wisconsin, who's doing research on monks' brains. And they're evaluating the brains of these monks, and they're literally putting them in MRIs, and all they're doing is meditating, and they put them in the MRIs, and they're seeing parts of their brain activate that most people don't have activated, and they're seeing that they're more highly functional brains, which is fascinating. And that's the same thing that happens when you do all of these yoga and breathing practices. They're very similar, and they are kind of like the gateway to meditation. Um, so when we're doing all of these body-brain connection practices, we literally are growing wings. We literally are finding joy and freedom in every moment, and we're letting go of that um, negativity or kind of that wound up nature that our overtaxed environment is starting to create. So in your handout on the page three, when we go into this body-brain connection, you see this cute little honey, the silly monkey. Well, what I do with kids as we're working to regulate the systems and you're altering the hormone levels because your endocrine system is along this pathway, 
you're automatically turning on the parasympathetic nervous system. And the parasympathetic nervous system starts in a place called the vagus nerve. Have you ever heard of vagus? Yep. Yeah, right, like Las Vegas. But we were, this is a V-A-G-U-S. So anytime you do a forward fold, it's literally calming down the vagus nerve. So silly monkey reaches for a bananas. You can reach on one leg. And then as you reach for the bananas, then you fold forward and, you know, this is probably like, if you want to move, you can move. You don't have to. I'll, I'll be like a funny. Um, and then you fold forward and you touch your toes and you let your head hang. And then you allow your head to hang for about, um, you know, 20 seconds. And that's a really great thing. It's the same thing when you, someone's nervous and they're on the airplane and they say to fold forward in the seat. It does the same thing. So whether you're an adult and you're doing a chair yoga practice, folding forward and then doing a spinal twist is a really good option to get yourself to calm down and to release any of that stress or negativity. So if the kids leave the classroom for a second, you could do something like that. Um, and it allows you to uh, release the pressure on the L4 and L5. Now, no one has any back pain, right? <laughs> yeah. When we get to a certain age, what happens is the intervertebral discs, the spaces between the bones and the spine, start to erode, right? It's, we're not perfect. Um, and we can keep them resilient and responsive, but we cannot always keep them as a, a flex, uh, as a, like kind of like moist. So when you do forward folds, it creates space so that you can send the fresh oxygenated blood into that area and lube everything up again. Because just like um, the guy who went to the moon and because he didn't have gravity, he gained two inches. Did you hear that? Then he came back and then he settled back in. But gravity is fighting against us. So we want to work from the center of our body with our breath, but often do a forward fold so that we don't get that pressure in our lower lumbar region. And that's why Hani the Silly Monkey is such a good one to do. And the next one is a balancing poses. Um, balancing poses teach you what do you stand for and it allows you to increase your focus, which is great. And as you can see up there, it's a key pose for ADHD children to do because then they can rise up to their best self. I like, can you have your kids touch each other mindfully in class? All right, so pretend you're a kid and find someone to be a partner with. Please. <laughs> If you don't, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to do this. Remember, everything is optional. This is about choice and free will. So, does anybody not have a partner? You don't have a partner. You have a partner. Okay. So, what you're going to do is face your friend. 
pictures of it because it's a pretty well-known yoga move. But a playful way to create balance and find your center is to place your hands to your friend. All right, take your right foot up and place it towards your ankle. And press into your friend. philosophy because you're cultivating the seeds of mindfulness and when you nurture your body with the breath you kind of plant the seed but then it grows and blossoms what I also really really appreciate from experiencing balancing poses is it teaches you that like literally I am statements um, where you're connected stable and steady grounded in your truth and a lot of times when we're doing yoga practices to calm anxiety and stress, it's very similar to going to therapy for kids because they're doing a lot of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy practices. And adding I am statements to any of these poses are really great. And we're gonna, I'll show you some in a second when we get to the super moves. Another thing that I really, really have fun with are twisting poses. They help your adrenals and your kidneys and they strengthen your spine. Um, we can do this seated in a chair. Uh, we did it in the beginning, if you, you, you same thing we did with the twist. If you are feeling motivated and wanna do some more action in your body, um, what you do is in frog pose, there's two different ways that I like to do frog pose. This one's not a twist, but I'll show you 
Um, and it helps to tone your derriere if anybody's interested in that. Okay, your toes point out, your hands come to your heart, you squat down and you put your hands to the ground. And then you don't do this after eating, so that's, I'll just do a demo. And on your next exhale, you lift your hips up and you let your head hang down. And then you squat back. So your inhale is this, your exhale is that, your inhale is this, and your exhale is that. And you just do that for a minute. I have really, uh, I have a really long torso, so everybody's like, how can you do that? But because my torso is so long, my hamstrings are it, more resilient. I don't know. So it, it, forward folding is a really, it's kind of a bear. It's, it's hard for us, and so don't uh, pass judgment on it because comparison is a thief of joy, right? Uh, here we are with the twisting poses. So in, this is Fierce the Frog. This pose in Sanskrit is utkatasana. Utkata means fierce or courage, right? And really what we're doing when we do these practices is we're teaching courage. So fierce is squatting, right, in a mindful way, but then we can twist. Same way we did together where our arms can be open or just like if those of you who sometimes go to yoga studios, you place your elbow to your knee and you twist. But what you're doing is you're literally creating that space between the L4 and the L5 to rinse out any congestion, okay? One of my other favorite ones to do for a twist is the washer and the dryer. And it's always frightening when I ask kids, do you help your mommy and daddy or your grandparent or your caretaker or your foster parent or whomever group I'm with, right? Do the laundry? And they go, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so place your hands to your hips. And you can decide if you want to do this or not, right? Everything's optional. But the washer and the dryer is really fun. It's an expression of the breath, so it blows off steam, and it is a twist, which literally is like rinsing out a dirty dish rag, right? Or rinsing out or sifting through when you're making like a cake, or you're like doing one of those old-fashioned fancy recipes, and you're sifting things. You're literally sifting out the gunk, or another word is dregs, that's kind of like the caca, Right? And you're letting all the good stuff stay, but you're rinsing out all the other stuff so those toxins can come out in CO2. Um, and it, toxins can come out in your sweat or when you eliminate things, right? <clears throat> all right, hands to your hips. Little bend in your knees. And all you're gonna do is you're gonna go Washing machine, right? And you put it in the dryer, 
I used to put quarters in, but then I was showing my age, right? So I had to stop putting quarters in. Um, okay, so what we're gonna have to do now is move your arms, right? And this is just good, 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 no every, every part of it. Uh, what's interesting is, has anybody ever practiced something called the five Tibetans? And now go backwards. So the five Tibetans, was an exercise, now open your arms wide, be careful of your neighbor, and make a little circle. Right? Kind of like all those Russian circuits. All that physical exercise stuff. But you go in one direction, and now go in the other direction. And then you can get bigger. And now aside from my lips, always, careful of the water. She's magical. where there were disconnections. Poses that use back bends stimulate the central nervous system and massage the endocrine system. They release shoulder tension and there are heart openers that help to fight one's fight or flight reaction to challenging situations. Uh, we don't often walk around the universe like this, right? Yeah, and that's really interesting because when someone gets closed off, when someone gets angry, when someone feels oppressed, when someone feels sad, we don't go like that, right? Ooh, but that felt really good. Um, we kind of curl up into a little ball. And what we're trying to do is really create space and backbends to um, create that open nature in our being. And that is a really vulnerable place to be, especially in our culture, right? So here we go. We are going to try the cat and the cow. See, they like to share and play together. Um, cat and cow can be done seated, so this is a good one. It's a flexion. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were raising your hand. Oh, that's okay. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. So cat and cow are um, flexion of the spine. They literally help with memory and they um, ground you down 
but they also create this openness in your shoulders and your neck. A couple different ways I like to teach it. Hands on your knees, and that becomes your exhale, where you round your back and you look to your belly button. On your inhale, slide your thumbs to your hips and lift your heart, elbows strung back, and you're like the bow of a ship. You have a little bit of a bow in your chest. And then exhale, round and open up. Pressing the belly to the back of the chair. Inhale, lift. Whew. Exhale, open. Round. Inhale, open. Exhale, round. <coughs> nice. Inhale to a neutral back. Feels good, easy, right? Yeah. Um, here's another one. This one, you don't move your chin. All you do is kind of move your pelvic bowl. So this is usually when I am with kids and we're sitting on the ground. But you inhale and exhale as you move your back. But you're moving from your belly button this time and your chin just stays in a neutral position. It's a little harder, right? Because it's moving your pelvic bowl. This helps to engage memory and stimulate just that reboot of your superhuman machine. It's hard to do, right? I don't know, make it up. <laughs> yeah. Usually exhales when the belly presses the spine, the inhale, the belly broadens and becomes expansive. As you do this, you're trying to become tall and wide at the same time. Mm, this is why uh, those peg chairs are so good for the kids who are high on the spectrum because that movement is actually a good thing, right? It keeps them more centered when they do the movement or the fidget widgety kind of things. So that helps to uh, create the release of any congestion and that is a great movement therapy that integrates those bilateral skills. Our bodies are amazing human machines powered by the breath. And we have this incredible inner metronome to self-regulate. Uh, when we started off together tonight, I had you all do the uh, pulse breathing, correct? When you did that, did you notice yourself kind of settling in to you and slowing down. I love doing the pulse breathing um, with uh, kids because it really teaches them that um, they can uh, release any anxiety. And when you slow the breath, it raises the carbon dioxide level in the blood, which nudges the pH level back to a less alkaline state. And what we're trying to do is get that vagus nerve to secrete a substance that lowers the heart rate and produces serotonin, which is our happy hormone. So you have these great, great um, Kleenexes on your table. And I would love for you to grab one.
breathing is fascinating because if you really think about it, <coughs> we're kind of shaped like a grain silo, right? And we repress a lot of things and can become silos of grief. And in turn, what happens is anxiety happens because we start to explode. We implode from the inside out. And when we do breathing practices, we're telling kids that when you take three deep balloon breaths, magical adventures happen. And when we breathe, we say steady and strong. And we can exhale to root down like a tree. And when we inhale, we can blossom and awaken and start anew, just like when the sun shines on the trees and they start to blossom or the um, sun shines and plants wake up. We're teaching kids that they can nurture their body with their breath. Our bodies are so incredible. And I want to uh, experience some practices together by starting with this Kleenex exercise. So I'm going to steal one from you. Thank you. Ooh, it's soft. All right. So. Um, just like the Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, we're trying to go home sweet home. I like to place this right in front of our faces. Okay, when you inhale through the nose, and this is a great thing because kids are very visual, right? They need to kind of see it and feel it and experience it. Inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. And you made the curtain move. Right? So with um, adults, I say inhale the good and exhale the bull. Okay? <laughs> with kids, I say inhale and breathe in a blue sky mind and exhale and blow the clouds away. Okay? Now, the challenge is when we breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth, that's fine. Ultimately, what we want to do to keep our parasympathetic nervous system and really get into our uh, pineal gland and get our bodies to be a high-functioning machine, bless you, um, is to um, inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose. So now, try inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose and make your curtain move. It's not as easy, eh? <laughs> Inhale, exhale. <laughs> Inhale, exhale. One more time. Inhale, exhale. What was the difference between the two? <clears throat> More cognitive? You had to really think about it, yep. Same thing for me as when I do the hands pressing back, right? Did you notice when you breathe in and out through the nostrils, you had to come from your center? And it made it stronger? For an inherently lazy person, that is the best sit-up you will ever have, right? That is a great way to tone your body from the inside out, to breathe in and out through the nose. Inhale, belly's expansive, you're growing tall and wide, 
and exhale, press the belly button towards the spinal column, and you really feel everything pushing out. But when you teach kids to breathe that deeply and embrace the exhale, it's incredibly effective. So I like these tools, plus you can pat your face if you need it. Uh, another thing that I use with children, if they um, are not able to use those um, uh, Kleenexes, or you don't have them, is to take their hand and imagine that the pad of your hand is a square, and you're gonna inhale for four, exhale for four. Inhale for four, exhale for four. So someone has to become the metronome to teach, or like the teacher would say, the four-four count, but that's extremely effective. Other things that are listed on page four of your handout, um, learning an exhale by like passing a feather, works really well and another fun thing i like to do is to do animal noises to vocalize your breath to engage the vagus nerve and calm the parasympathetic um sniffing like a bunny i can hear you guys <laughs> sniffing like a bunny is awesome Kapalabhati is the Sanskrit word for it. It means breath of fire or skull shining. So you're literally starting to get everything to be engaged and um, interconnected. So you can also feel, for those of you who tried it, it comes from the belly. Uh, another one that's really, really great is to um, uh, hiss like a snake. I taught you that cute little dolphin breath. One thing that's really fun to do is to roar like a lion. <laughs> that was very cute. Okay, inhale, breathe in. It's just like that. Ah, see how as loud as you can get. And then exhale, stick out your tongue and go. <sighs> so it, it, it helps with courage. It opens up the um, jaw, which is connected to the vagus nerve, and it allows you to um, really exhale anything gross. Um, timing the breath works well too. A lot of times I'll take a chime, if you have a Zenergy chime, and you hit the chime, and you say, we're gonna just breathe until the um, clock hits uh, the, the chime gets hit again, which you will regulate it as a minute. That works really well for the kids because then they focus. Another thing I do with this Zenergy chime, has anybody not seen this before? Uh, another thing I do with these chimes is to, when you hit it, you use it as a listening or a meditation practice, and you have the kids raise their hand when they haven't, when they don't hear the noise anymore. That works really well. I work with an organization called MindUp, and a lot of us yogis, and we use a lot of the same things that are very similar practices, so that's a great tool that they really promote. Uh, another thing that works really well is to sit back to back with a friend, and what you can really sense is you can sense yourself calming down, your friend calming down, and the breath starts to slow down. 
So you could actually have like quiet time and have the kids sit crisscross applesauce back to back. Um, if you have a partner and you're having a disagreement as an adult, sitting back to back and doing that is a wonderful way to kind of reintroduce yourself to each other and with no words. It works really well and you can feel the um, negativity in the room subside. Uh, other things and in your packet that are in there for you are helpful info and resources. Making time for a time in to nourish your connections so that we can recalibrate our superhuman machine. Uh, super stretch, we teach rest and dream time after each practice and that really helps the kids rebound and integrate everything. Focused awareness, guided visualizations and mini meditations are in your handout. There's an example of one. Our attitude changes everything. Another great thing to bring into the classroom is making gratitude a habit, maybe making a gratitude jar and teaching that kindness matters. I love to teach kids not to do, and adults especially, not to do goal setting, and especially not to do it in the new year because it stops after two weeks, but really to do like an intention setting where you're allowing yourself to set an intention for the day. That works really well. Goal setting seems to be so much like work or structure oriented, and intention setting seems to be more of a, um, a open-ended, uh, more of a, a less uh, forced thing. Uh, talismans and touchstones, grounding and centering is really huge. So one of the things that I do in mindful meditation, and I don't know if you have timeout spaces in your um, rooms, but one thing that I like to do with the kids is to have different stones and tell them what the stones do and do visualizations holding different stones from rock stores. Because each stone is not only a different color, but crystals and stones have very powerful meanings. Like there's a stone called lepidite that actually is, contains lithium in it. So because it has lithium in it, when you actually hold that stone, it can actually physically make a child feel more settled in their skin and less hyperactive. Everybody's looking at me like I'm nuts. <laughs> Yeah, but stones work really well. And what's interesting too is I'll have the children do a meditation and sit in a circle and their knees are touching but each person gets to hold the stone and then pass it on. And it's a paying attention and a quiet practice. And it's amazing to see what happens through that exchange. Healthy habits and mindful eating, I put in your packet too, and I gave you some information on um, certain foods that help uh, with kids who are on the spectrum. One of uh, um, Ayurvedic and yogic philosophies go hand in hand. Uh, they're both part of the pillars of uh, living a, um, a, a well lifestyle. <coughs> uh, but one of the best sayings is, as the food, so the mind, as the mind, so the human. So you really are what you eat. Uh, one thing to really look into if you're into this stuff is there's great, a book called The Self-Healing Cookbook, which is listed 
and pH levels are huge if you're finding a child really having an abundance of energy or some really big challenge you could also look into pH strips bring those in integrative medicine and all of the different things uh, that you can get connected to that I can't talk about in less than two hours essential oils I like to do um, meditations where you take a container with a cotton ball with an essential oil and pass it around to the group and then see what they react to with that. Journaling is great for more teenager kind of things. For kids, I just have them draw pictures of how they feel. Uh, support is huge so that we can strengthen the negative and educate about the, uh, strengthen the positive and educate about the negative. I put in here resources and links to books for all of that stuff. And um, sound practices, music is really magical. What I would like to do before we leave is to talk about some of the yoga postures, playful movements and sequences for specific needs that I put into your book. Um, in your handout, I gave outlines for all of these things to practice. I've been spicing in fun little things to do while we're here together tonight, but all of these are in your um, packet, including tapping, uh, body tapping and energy awakening if your children are really tired, or yoga nidra, uh, which is also defined as yoga sleep, which is a simple body scanner visualization that's in kid-friendly language that you could do uh, to calm the room down. Squeezing and let go practices are great. Um, to release any bound up things when you squeeze your body up and then let go. Uh, what I would like to uh, talk about in the small amount of time that we have left together is to uh, go into some of these mantra incorporated super moves which are on your page eight. We did roar like a lion. We did um, do our cross-body super run. Something about that smile that I was telling you about uh, um, is uh, that Mona Lisa smile when you smile at someone and just take and put your tongue to the soft palate. What you're actually doing, and it says right here, it activates the uh, reticular activating system which is the middle part of the brain that helps with focus and balance. So if you try it, the sides of your lips kind of go up. And that actually starts to stimulate your brain. And it says right here that the tongue muscles are connected to the vestibular system. So that sensory information, motion, equilibrium, and spatial orientation are provided through that. So even simply just smiling and touching your tongue to the roof of the mouth is considered yoga because it's a, 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 a harmony practice of integration and wholeness. When you practice connecting and breathing, we did that together where we were working on putting our fingers on the collarbones and our hand on our belly. That mantra is right there. My breath can help me breathe in and out. I can slow down. A lot of times I teach kids that they are strong and brave and I have them use those words in there too. We did a super run. That helps to get the brain hem um, hemispheres to be activated simultaneously. 
What I like about this, it, it produces new nerve cells in the hippocampus, which helps people to develop learning systems. But the hippocampus is really huge in sleep because we need to have that stimulated and um, worked with when we sleep. Roaring like a lion, you thought that was funny, but it's very effective with verbalization and communication, and most importantly, self-confidence, because it gets things off the chest. Unrolling your ears and listen. When you saw that picture of the central nervous system and the caduceus, what's really interesting is that Ancient philosophy states that we have over 72,000 meridian lines of energy in the body. And it's really, really interesting because those energy lines, they say, are at the soles of your feet and at your hands. That's why we do a lot of reflexology. So reflexology is good with kids, too, if you ever just want to teach them some interesting things. One of my favorite reflexology things to do for long things comes from Qigong. If anybody studies that, but you take your pinkies and your thumbs together and you tap them. And this helps with lung congestion if you do this for a minute. It's like training seals. Very good, you all get a peanut. Um, another thing that is interesting about these 72,000 meridian lines of energy in your body is they also think that they are in your ears. So I know that kids have a hard time falling asleep or calming down. And so do sometimes our partners or us. So you can have your partner rub your ears. That's why it's an erogenous zone because we don't get touched there a lot. But if you unroll your ears to listen and you do that from top to bottom slowly, that actually helps you to amp down the loudness chatter in your mind. Yogis call that the monkey mind. Right? We're trying to get the chatter to go, but it helps you not only sleep, but it can help if you have to do something productive and you need to regroup. Another thing that's really interesting, and the person who uh, researched this study uh, had a child come into their office and the child was having a hard time writing. And the child was having a lot of trauma and anxiety challenges at home. And they were bringing it to school. And in turn, they couldn't write very well. What's really interesting is, is that the therapist had the child do, I'm not a doctor. I play one on TV. Um, I have lots of yoga certifications. And I'm a registered yoga school. But I'm an industrial designer. So it's an MID. I am not an MD, right? unless you see this as a slash. But I always tell people I'm a doctor. I just play one on TV. So I, I, you, you can think everything I'm saying to you is hoo-ha, but I do do my research. And I do use this in practice with people. Um, so this doctor, a real doctor, um, used this with a child. And it helped them to literally start writing again in less than two months. Okay, All she did was have the child draw infinite circles using the breath. Inhale, exhale. In, I like watching your eyes. Exhale. Inhale, exhale. Right? Really simple, really easy. Everything I'm teaching you is not rocket science. We are literally teaching people to learn how to breathe again. 
because we forget. At like five years old, I believe, we come out of wherever we came out and um, you know became human. But we come out breathing properly. But about five years old, we change from diaphragmatic breathing to that restrained breathing. And we know it is our birthright to be able to breathe properly. It is our birthright to be flexible and strong. We just really need to let go of some of the preconditioning and the boxes that we've contained ourselves within so that we can truly be free. Um, something that I really like that I won't make you do, and I know that I'm getting close on time, so I'm just very mindful of that because you all need to have your good night's sleep. And there's a Chipotle I saw down the road, so I'll be able to have dinner. Um, is one thing that I really like doing is, uh, and I'll show you three things. Uh, balloon breath, I showed you as this way, drawing positivity. We also can exhale and release negativity. Um, another balloon breath is um, to, um, I, if I lay down here, can, you might not be able to see me, but um, if I lay up here, you'll be able to see me, but I don't want to break the table. So I'm going to lay down right here, okay? And so you inhale and you get really expansive, and then you exhale and you give yourself a hug. And you inhale and you get really expansive. And yep, like a starfish, and you exhale and you're really small, right? And we teach kids that they can, they, the, as starfish, right? Because there is a starfish in the pose, dry out the starfish, but it's a different pose. We regenerate. Starfishes regenerate. They have five points. One, two, three, four, five. And we can regenerate. So that's a breathing thing I like to do. It's a little bit more active. Another thing laying down on the ground I like to do if kids are really kittywampus and like their hair is totally on fire and you can't get them under control. Not that we're controlling anybody, but we want to make sure everybody is like harmonious. So you set, you set a timer for like 30 seconds or a minute and you have the kids lay down. And those of you who have practiced yoga, you've done happy baby where you grab your feet, you lay on the back and you, uh, I'll do it. Yeah, and so you go like this, sorry if you're seeing my butt, and you go like this, right? That's happy baby. For adults who are really tight, you grab your shins and you go like that. Well, what's interesting is set a timer for 30 seconds and do dead bug, have the kids stick out their tongues and wiggle and jiggle and go crazy. And then after that 30 seconds or when the timer is done, they literally lay down and they've moved all, all that energy. The last thing I want to show you that's really awesome for I am statements and a super move is something that is called the um, warriors, or I like to call them hero poses. So you're lunging in the front leg and your back leg is straight, and if anybody wants to join me, you can. Uh, a lot of stuff in yoga for adults is static. You hold the poses for a really long time, right? With children, it's very fluid and rhythmic and moving. Inhale. Exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. If it was a hero pose or a warrior two, it would be inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. So it's a very much more of a movement and a rhythmic way to calm your body down from the inside out. Hee <laughs> hee.
Um, my mission is to get everybody to join the team and make balance a part of their lifestyle. This is something that you can download off the internet. It's for free. It's at the last page on page 12 of your handout. Um, our secret word for super stretch is namaste. And it is basically kind of like the golden rules of the super stretch practice. Nothing is impossible. Always be honest. Make the world a better place. Act with kindness. Share with others. Trust and believe in yourself. Enjoy and have fun. The final thing that I want to say to all of you is that balance is a superpower. And thank you so much. We have a lot of different ways to be present. And we have ups and downs, goods and bads, and highs and lows in our life. I choose freedom and joy. And I believe all of you do too, to bring um, ease into children's lives so they can enjoy life's ever-changing adventures. To cure the black hole of ruminating depressiveness or the narrative of me is to find calm in the center of the storm and to sustain moments of clarity, ease, harmony, and awareness. Most importantly, you are not who you think you are because your mind can play tricks on you. So we want you to learn your mind and see thoughts as they are and that your mind doesn't have to be a prison, but you can be friends with it because the potential for healing and transformation is incredible. As I had said before to all of you, people don't find a happy life, they make it. And so I'm really honored and privileged to be able to share with you this simple, impactful daily habits and skills that can be catalysts for meaningful change in your lives. Um, someone once said that in the midst of chaos, peace is possible. And it's time to use these skills to be your best self. Uh, thank you very much for um, doing all of this with me. Thank you for being connected and uh, teachers and educators and sharing your goodness and your radical kindness with everyone you come in contact with. Mm -hmm.